Hello, my dear ones. Thank you so much for listening the voice by Nata King. Let's face it, we can all be toxic at some point in our relationships and our lives. To be honest, I sometimes behave toxically. For example, in friendly relations with a very important and close person for me. I was afraid to losing her friendship and considered it a weakness to show my lack of self-confidence. I was afraid to discuss it with her and could behave negatively towards her, pushing her away with my behavior without even realizing it. I am very glad that I was able to recognize my personal issues and work them out with my therapist. I was able not only to maintain our friendship over time, but also to bring it to a new level, free from any fears, truly strong, friendly communication. I must admit that work with myself was the most difficult, but most interesting, and the results of my work gave me a completely new level of awareness of myself and other people, for which I am eternally grateful. I am sure many of you have a question, what is the toxicity, how to recognize it, and the most important question, what is the difference between a toxic person and a narcissist, how to distinguish between them. In order to clarify this, I invite you to listen the following notes, which has been created in the conjunction with my therapist. Difference between a toxic person and a narcissist. A toxic person generally exhibits harmful behaviors that negatively impact those around them, often displaying manipulation, negativity and emotional manipulation. A narcissist, on the other hand, has an inflated sense of self-importance, lacks empathy, and seeks constant admiration. While some toxic individuals may exhibit narcissistic traits, not all toxic people are narcissists. Here are some key differences between a toxic person and a narcissist. Number 1. Behavior patterns. Toxic people tend to spread negativity, engage in gossip, and create drama. They may drain your energy and leave you feeling emotionally exhausted. Narcissists often display grandiosity, a sense of entitlement and a lack of empathy. They may manipulate others to meet their needs and seek constant validation. Number 2. Motivation. Toxic individuals might act negatively due to personal issues, insecurities or unresolved emotions. Their behavior may not always stem from a need for admiration. Narcissists are primarily motivated by their desire for admiration and validation. They want to be the center of attention and may exploit others to achieve this. 3. Empathy Toxic people may lack empathy at times due to their own emotional struggles, but it might not be a consistent trait. Narcissists constantly lack empathy and have difficulty understanding or relating to others' feelings. 4. Self-awareness. Toxic individuals might display negative behaviors without necessarily being fully aware of their impact on others. Narcissists often have a heightened self-awareness of their behavior, but they might not see it as problematic because they believe they deserve special treatment. 5. Relationship patterns. Toxic individuals can exhibit various negative behaviors without necessarily seeking constant admiration or validation. 
narcissists actively seek admiration, control and may exploit others in their relationships. And number six, response to criticism. Toxic people may respond defensively or negatively to criticism, but they might also reflect and change their behavior. Narcissists are more likely to respond defensively and might not accept criticism easily, as it challenges their self-perceived superiority. It's important to note that these distinctions can sometimes be subtle and that people can exhibit a combination of toxic and narcissistic traits. And now, my dear curious listeners, we will move on to the second part of the episode in which I will explain to you how a relationship with a toxic person can be grandiosely different from a relationship with a narcissist, using my own experience. To start, I need to rewind the tape, like in a movie, about 11 years ago in the early summer of 2012, when my friend, who at that moment dated the business partner of my former partner, offered to introduce us. So we met. I didn't really know much about him, except that he was rather eccentric. From the very beginning he behaved quite defiantly, but at the same time he was very interesting. I wanted to get to know him. We met very rarely, less than 10 times over the next half a year, and each time this meeting seemed to me more and more strange. We hardly spoke unless he did, mostly complaining about his ex-partner. He was always quite sharp, but at the same time he was very intriguing, elusive. For some short time I was interested in understanding him. He could arrive early in the morning, insisting in a specific time to see me, as it turned out to be exclusively for intimacy. Then he suddenly offered to buy me a car, which I basically didn't think about and didn't plan or send mails that I need to get an appellation, because my shaved hair pricks him. In general, if it was possible to call it a relationship, then in any case it was completely unusual for me, incomprehensible. I worked a lot at that moment, in principle I could not devote much time to relationships, or did not want to at the moment, so I did not interrupt this very strange connection. There were more oddities. Once he called me in the morning when I was going to work, I realized from his voice that he was very drunk. He asked me to urgently come somewhere to save him, because his dad had died. I was terribly scared for him, I was ready to run and save him, but after a short time crying into the phone, he hung up the phone, and for some time I could not reach him. He disappeared. After some time it turned out that that was alive and was not going to die. Everything is in order and what it was, again, I, I didn't understand. At that moment I had no clue and couldn't recognize either a narcissist or any other tendencies of toxic relationships or toxic people. I just felt that I was not comfortable with him. I did not understand how to behave and I didn't know what to expect from him. He dictated some new rules to me, absolutely incomprehensible to me. 
In other words, although he seemed to me a mysterious man with strange behavior, I just felt that something was wrong. It was not healthy for me, and I needed to end it. I had an interesting job that took a lot of time, a wide circle of friends. I was not deep in this relationship because we saw each other very rarely. So it was quite easy for me to stop seeing him and plunge into my life. Less than a year later, I met a guy named Alex and we started dating. Alex was younger than me, a very attractive, active young man. But his activity in the relationship was somewhat excessive. Alex texted me literally every hour while I was at work. And if I did not answer SMS for a long time, he would either be offended or angry with me, asking why I did not answer for so long, and what exactly did I do until I answered him, who was with me until I texted him back, and so almost constantly. Better days, worse days, such a mixture of jealousy, insecurity, and at the same time a wild need for me, which I so wanted to take for a feeling of love for me. Day after day, week after week, I began to tire quickly. Now I understand that Alex was, at least at the time of our relationship, a toxic partner with an anxious, preoccupied attachment style. Then I wanted to believe that Alex needed me so much that he loved me and cherished me. Almost every day after work, before I drove home, Alex insisted on a meeting explaining this by the fact that he missed me very much and wants to see me at least for 15 minutes. These meetings were exhausting and empty, as if we were seeing each other just so that he would fix his presence in my life and the fact that I was his girlfriend. But in fact, we just sat silently together in a cafe. I didn't recognize the damage it was doing to me, that I was eternally angry with myself that I was doing what I really didn't want to, but I still do it, whether out of pity for him or because I like him, either because I can't say no or all at once. These mixed feelings of mine from time to time resulted in outbursts of anger. When I splashed out on him my repressed desires in the form of accusations and disagreement with his behavior, I did not understand the nature of my emotions. Alex listened and the next day he showed me his deep resentment and suffering, which of course made me feel guilty, and so on in a circle. This went on for about a year. At one point Alex decided that he could no longer control his jealousy and distrust of me and it was better for us to break up. I was very upset, I cried, but I agreed with this, understanding eternally that this is not the right person for me and it will really be better this way. For a while I was going through a breakup, but in general I led a fairly active lifestyle, plus I was always busy at work. So after a month or a little more I met another man and we started dating. I'll call him George. George was attentive, intelligent met me at work, accompanied me home. He quickly introduced me to his circle of friends. 
A couple of weeks later, I began to receive aggressive messages and emails from Alex, in which he accused me of being a woman of easy virtue because I found myself a new, more profitable man, as he said, and therefore I sold my love because the new man was much more financially wealthy than Alex. These messages were a new experience for me. I did not understand what was going on in Alex's head and why he was following me at all. Where do these accusations come from if he himself decided to break up with me? Surveillance was obvious, because in his emails Alex even described George's car, which was generally wild for me. I remember how for several days I looked back and looked at my entrance if there was Alex waiting for me. I never experienced a feeling of physical fear towards Alex. It was only an unpleasant feeling of being watched, as if your life was being interfered with without permission or invitation. I did not answer his emails, realizing that this was verbal aggression for which he had no excuse. Shortly after that, I got a call while I was at work saying that there were flowers for me and asked to meet the delivery man. I thought that flowers were from George. When I went outside, literally from around the corner, Alex ran to me with flowers and hugged me tightly. He began to quickly say that he could not live without me, that he needed to be with me, that he suffered a lot without me and stuff like that. He also began to ask me to go on vacation with him and that he took care of everything. I remember how in response to my question about verbal aggressive attacks, he said that he was just terribly jealous. I returned to work where another surprise awaited me. My boss wanted to talk to me about something. We had a very close, neat team. We spent a lot of time together outside of work, so she knew Alex personally. I was shocked when she told me that Alex had been calling her all week, saying that he wanted me back and asking her to let me go for a few days to go on vacation with him. Firstly, I was not pleased that he was dragging my boss in such an unacceptable way and, as it were, forcing her to participate in reconciliation of our relationship and all this behind my back. I was angry with him for it. Work and relationships with the team have always been a priority for me, but on the other hand, at that moment when I was in a completely different state of mind from the real one, I think I wanted to hope that this could be a manifestation of a real feeling. I wanted to believe Alex. After many requests, passionate promises, I decided to give Alex a chance and agreed to go on a trip with him. It's good that it was short. Being alone with him, I clearly understood that I could no longer emotionally or physically be with Alex. My mind and my body did not trust him, did not perceive him. I literally wanted to run away from him. Of course, this could not continue and almost immediately, upon returning from the trip, we finally broke up, maintaining a pseudo-friendly relationship for a short time. Now analyzing this, taking into account all my experience, I can say that, first of all, it is clear that Alex's behavior was toxic. I constantly experienced stress being in this relationship without realizing it. I was always tired. There was always a need to justify what was not happening. 
Secondly, Alex at that moment had a clearly expressed, anxious, preoccupied attachment style. Persistent, somewhat aggressive desire to see me, control me from a distance, unreasonable jealousy, deep self-doubt. Alex's mood could change dramatically in a second, simply because I received some kind of SMS on my phone, after which he closed himself in and could just be silent for hours, which caused me terrible discomfort. Thirdly, and this is the most important point for comparing toxic relationships with narcissistic ones, clearly, Alex had no malicious behavior. He was driven by fears, but subconsciously. Even if we imagine that he understood the effect of his manipulations on me, I can confidently say that Alex did not intentionally harm me. He did not want to destroy my well-being, did not plan to mock me. He didn't really understand how to deal with his emotions and behavior. And these inner experiences and suffering did not bring him any pleasure. This does not justify the toxicity of a person, but it clearly shows the difference between a toxic person and a narcissist. There was no evil plan. A short reminder. You have a right to your story. It belongs to you. This is your experience. My dear ones, if you feel that your story needs to be voiced, please email me to thevoicebynatakink at gmail.com. I will do my best to get your story heard. You can find information in the description of the episode. Now, let's move on to the third part of this episode, the relationship with my ex-partner. Experience which I use as a prime example to show you the difference of the relationship with a narcissist in this episode and how using my vulnerabilities, my ex-partner began to create an ideal victim out of me, plunging my consciousness into the world of narcissism. In 2016, a renewed relationship with my ex-partner came into my life like a hurricane. This hurricane mixed everything at once. A complete change in lifestyle, environment and a completely new type of relationship for me, combined with my passionate desire at that moment to love and take care of my beloved man. I almost immediately quit my job and began to accompany him on all business trips, what he persistently demanded. In less than six months, our relationship became official, so my ex-partner began to introduce me to his environment as his wife. From that moment until the moment of parting, we lived together, flew together, perhaps even looked like an inseparable couple from the outside. But it has always been only the outer shell. So what really happened inside at the beginning of our relationship? Here I must give credit to the level of manipulation in this relationship, which has been polished by many years of experience and worked out in a wide circle of environment of my former partner. The level of manipulation which, if not deserves respect, but at least recognition for sure. Already at the very beginning of the relationship, I was forbidden a few things, actually a lot of things, which means that if I did one of these forbidden things, my partner would show obvious anguish on his face, or he would become nervous and quickly explain to me why he did not like it. One of those things was questions. I was literally forbidden to ask questions. If I asked a question that he didn't want to or, in his opinion, didn't need to be answered, he instantly compared me in a negative way with his previous partner, 
for example. She always asked questions and that's why we broke up. In other words, if I ask questions, then he will break up with me. But I must be better, so I must behave different. Why did I think, or rather I wanted to think and believe that I am different and that I am better? Because firstly, using the example of his former partner, he introduced into the game all possible comparisons in order to model my behavior for his needs. And not only my behavior, but the worst thing, my way of thinking. What should I be to please him and not cause a negative reaction? For example, he said, she never fed me at home, she never cooked for me, so I always cook. His food is priority number one. Or, she always provoked me to drink. I come home and she is already with wine. That's why I don't drink alcohol without his permission. She never removed the stickers from her suitcases. So, I peel off the stickers from the suitcases. This is the first thing I do at the moment when I collect our luggage. Each such example was confirmed by the action. For example, he did not calm down if he didn't rip off all the stickers from the suitcase at the airport. Of course, I considered it important to help him in all this. There were a lot of such examples, literally for all occasions. As soon as he realized that it worked flawlessly, these examples, like small traps, were placed all around. The manipulation was very simple. If you are not like her, then you suit me. And secondly, why did I so want to be that very good and suitable for him? Because being in my mindset at that time, I really wanted to be accepted and appreciated. For this, I need to be good, better, ideally fitting into his vision of a partner, or rather, an ideal victim in the case of narcissist. Not because I wanted to be a victim, but because I wanted to be loved and be with him. Plus, from the very beginning of the relationship, I was completely convinced that I basically saved him from a previous relationship, that he suffered there, that he finally got a piece of happiness that he needed so much, that he is traumatized after everything experienced in a previous relationship. She is evil and I am different. I am his savior and true love. Certainly my ego helped him here, but that was just the beginning. While I was quickly and deftly trained to new patterns of behavior, modeling my new consciousness of the victim, all the information was also collected from me. Data about my family, about relationships in the family and my role in it, about the relationship between my parents, about my friends, hobbies, ex-partners, all the information from which it is possible to make a small emotional knife was collected in a special data store in the head of my ex-partner. In this data store, information has been carefully sorted into folders such as the folder called Fear, largest and most commonly used, Guilt folder, one of the narcissist's favorite one, Childhood Triggers folder, folder Responsibility, Doubts, and so on all my vulnerabilities that have always been used only against me. I naively believed that a person was interested in me, that he wanted to know me, so I shared everything and answered all the questions. And indeed, he needed to know me, 
but not only in order to attach me, mentally trapped and psychologically imprison me, but also in order to destroy me in case of revenge, when and if it will be necessary, in order to have a plan behind. Our relationship was unhealthy, toxic, turned upside down from the start, but having a plan behind is beyond manipulation or toxicity. This is a cold-blooded calculation on how to destroy another person. And in my case, this plan was put into practice. I sincerely hope this episode has helped you to see the difference between toxicity and narcissism. I believe that many things have become clearer to you. And along with that, I invite you to listen to episode 4, which will be released on August 18th and will be dedicated to deepening understanding of the relationship between the abuser and the victim. What specific tools does the narcissist use and how does the victim react to these manipulations? I wish you all have a good day full of appreciation and kindness to yourself.